Hi, and welcome to the Still Telling It Like It Is program. I'm Apostle Baker, Jay Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And what I want you to do <clears throat> is I want you to share with your friends, families, enemies, and all of those people, religious people, non-religious people, all of those different people that we are on the air, myself and Apostle Barry Cook. And, we're, you know, uh, in, in our intro, it shows that we talk about history, church history, uh, uh, nation history, natural history, world history. We talk about those things to remind you of where we came from and to have examples of where we're going, what we need and what we don't. And I don't know anyone, I do not know anyone that is more suited to be with me doing this than Apostle Barry Cook. So Barry, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is my friend and my protege and a whole lot of other stuff. So here yeah. he is. Yeah, well, Dr. Baker, I'm, I, it's an amazing introduction. I appreciate it. You don't know anyone. You must have not been out of house here in a while because <laughs> there's got to be somebody I out. Out yesterday. I said, no, see that you got to know. You can know about folks. But knowing them and knowing their spirit, that's a totally different thing. I know what I'd be saying. I'd be, you know, I'd be doing it. All right. Well, you know, I, I don't know when exactly this particular program will be coming out um, um, right now. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Merry Christmas to everybody then as we, as we move on into this. Praise the Lord. And uh, I thank you for tuning in as we continue to talk about these subjects. We started talking about um, the, 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 the new wine in the cluster. That's where our, we began these talking and we've moved down through the line, looked at some various elements of leadership. And, and I still, Doc, Doc Baker, I still keep getting uh, people talking to me about the, the previous um, series that we did together on women in the church. And I am so thankful that it awakened so many people to read some of the materials and to look up books and to start because the information has been out there. It's just not in the mainstream stuff because, uh, you know, well, it is in Bible bookstores, though. I mean, you just have to look for it. I don't think people knew to even look for it. Uh, but as we continue in this and, and we're really dealing with with moving into this place to where if the church is to be empowered where it needs to be, we have to move into this place of being genuinely spirit moved. The Bible says that in the in Ezekiel that the wheels were in the middle of a wheel and they moved as the spirit moved. Um, so all these various pieces have been coming together over years and centuries and and moves of God and and troubles in the world and advancements in technology and advancements in Christianity and advancements in 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 people and I, I know is people look at all the negatives all the time but you still have to realize there's more people saved in a week now than was saved in five and ten year periods just twenty years ago so you can't. We're just not aware of it. We live in our little worlds. But when you start looking online, let me just say it very specifically, for global statistics, and you can look at the different main organizations that track this stuff. Sure, it's probably not 100% accurate, but it gives you a good idea of the different nations even and the amount of Christians and the rate 
we might be over here a lot of gagging around, taking our time, looking at the president, whining and complaining about not having our rights to go in whichever bathroom we want, ever, whatever stupid thing we're talking about. But when you look overseas and look at, well, they kept advancing and they had hell the whole time. It makes us look like wusses, you know, like we're over here just eating, 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 and stop it. Somebody shut the door. It's cold inside. And then nobody going to get up and shut the door. So everybody freezes and the bill goes up and the food's bad and the neighbor's dog comes in, all that stuff. And I just don't know how this happened. Get up and shut the door, dummy. You know, the church has got to shut some. Hey, oh, Jesus, I don't want to go into the prophetic here, but um, let me just keep going, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. But what we're realizing, though, is the whole thing was, you know, the in the New Testament, he's trying to get, he's Emmanuel, God with us, Christmas story. He's trying to get the God of the universe inside of a human form, knowing that it's limited. So he works through man, all lights too much. But as I talked to, talked about even today in the Texas Zoom, you know, God, you can find God in darkness. He says, I am hidden in the darkness. He said, call for me and I will show myself. C.S. Lewis put a whole script together to it in one of his movies where, you know, this boy's walking along in the dark forest and he's talking to himself and he's, I mean, and he starts talking to God finally in the, in the Lord and he hears this voice beside him that speaks and he's like, where have you all I've been in is darkness and turmoil. And he goes, I was waiting on you to talk to me so I could tell you what to do. <laughs> you know what? Uh, he's with us no matter where we are, but I'm just saying, but he's been trying to work us up to this place where he could take us out of this, this single-minded focus of, you know, there's only God and then there's us poor peasants down here. And he's taking us into this place. And I know people make fun of we're worms and all that kind of stuff. But honest to God, in the scope of reality with a God that created the whole universe and has all power and all influence, a worm's not bad. But we're better than a worm. You know, I'm just saying. In contrast, so let's let's face up to it. We ain't nowhere near what he is, you know. But we don't like that because we like to be equal with God like the devil was in the garden. And uh, that's why we get the repercussions from it, why we're still using Jesus' name because it's, uh, you know, it's um, false fire. What's that? Fake fire, fake fire. Um, you know, the Lone Ranger mindset, though, he's working this thing and he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh and he's raising people up to be able to function. So with the restoration of apostolic ministry, let me just jump right into gear. There's always a revelation of the importance of teamwork. And I'm not talking about just preaching on teamwork so that it gets people to follow in line with the dictator. That's not what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> Another time, but I have people, pastors, I don't want to lose any preaching engagements. However, I had pastors that say to me, look, I can't get these people to follow me, bring them in here, teach on authority and make them submit to me. I'm thinking, wow. Okay, that's the wrong way to turn this around, especially if there's already a problem. That's the last thing I need to be doing like that. I can still talk about those things. But first, I have to build rapport, and I have to make a, you know, basic relational things. You know, I got to, I got to listen to them. 
I've got to assure him of the vision. I got to assure him of my commitment to what I'm going to do and not do all of that. And then people jump back in. They might be skeptical, but they'll jump back in. But it's all about building that team. Pastors are preaching about the apostolic. I can't make this trans. I can't transition. I can't do it. My people just won't. No, you won't do it. You won't do it. You're the one that won't do it. And, and the other thing, well, I don't have any leaders, you know, the, but I, Apostle, I don't have no leaders in my church. And so you don't have one person that you've developed. I mean, what, your Apostle, what? I, maybe it's Apostle Flyer. You know what I'm saying? They apostle on a flyer. That's it. <laughs> apostle flyer. It's a middle name. Apostle flyer Jones. <laughs> yeah, thank you, brother. That's a compliment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, we all have something that we supply to one another. Teams put us in a position where the anointing of God flows greater because wherever there's unity, there's always a greater supply of God's spirit. Psalm 133, you know, one through three. And because a group of people come together in the same place, that doesn't make them a team either. You know, I put a post about this something today, and I said, you got to ask yourself four questions. And I, I put it on my post. And I won't tell you. Maybe you'll go over there and look at it and click on my page, praise the Lord. <laughs> but, and, but, you know, you got to look at where you're at and understand whether you're on the same team or not. Just coming in a group together is not the same. Do we understand the same mission? You know, do we are we willing to make the sacrifices necessary to get it done? Do we understand our part clearly in what has to be done for the overall picture? Do we are we ready with a spirit of expectancy to execute to the best of our abilities or that kind of stuff? That's what makes a team just talking about, well, all eight of us are gathered in this room. We're a team. No, you're a group. You're a group right now. It's a group. Up at now by faith. It's a team. Hallelujah. By faith, it's a team. Glory. This is our by faith team. This is our team elect. <laughs> elect. <laughs> like Bishop elect. This elect team. It's a team elect. And we ain't team yet. We don't know, know about all that, but they got the potential to be. You know, over the years, though, I've noticed that the primary reason that people don't serve in a church is because they can't get along with other people. <laughs> You know, and we and yet they want to be mature and they will lead and they want to use their gift. But the basics is we got to be able to work with other people who might not be like us and still get along. See, everybody wants to use their gift. See, my gift. Don't see, I know, but that's the problem is implementing your gift. Causes more trouble than it's worth. You know, I love you. If you will work on, if you'll let us, if we can work on this together, though, I can see this down the road working like this. But we've got to make those steps and discipleship and be willing, you know, and get to the place. You know, the spiritual characteristics of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control has to be evidenced and practiced on purpose. And that does not mean we're not perfect. But see, when we understand that that is our core, that even when we get out of line, we're pulling ourselves back to that spot. We say, and I know I ain't right. Look, I need Jesus right now. All these sayings we got. But you know what that shows? Some people make fun of folks. But I'm, whenever somebody says that, I'm like, they're saying because they know they're, they feel their core pulling them, holding them. He got a hold of them. I mean, they just, they, 
they moving and churning and mouthing a little bit, but God's got them. There's a difference though. There's a difference in people that do that and people that quit working at the first little offense and start mouthing off about everything and then try to build a, a like get significance around their issue of division because they didn't have significance because they couldn't even get along with anybody. Uh, some leaders in churches are hard to get along with because they don't have the fruit of the spirit either. That's that's a, that's a mistake of our parts, you know, in making sure giving friendships or giving family members or overlooking people's little personality quirks. Well, I know they're not a too happy of a person, but they sure get work done. That's great. But in a church, you need both. No excuse. Then I guess I can't work here. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. So how much would you like to put in a two-week notice today or how you want to do that, honey? Because, I mean, how you can't work with you get that junk up in your ministry and it'll defile everybody that comes in and all your staff and all everybody else. And you won't be able to figure out where it's coming from because they're smiling at you handing you a coffee. Lord, I feel that. Somebody needed that. I could feel it. Hallelujah. And if you're the one doing it, stop it. Jesus' name. Lord Jesus. You know, the more mature we are, the more effective our work in the church should be. <laughs> or the more effective our work should be in our relationship. Or the more effective our work should be in our natural work. We should be more effective because the more mature we are, the more sensitive we are, the more listening we are, the more articulate we're being and careful of our words, the more compassionate we're being. We're, you know, all of that. It's a benefit. Everybody needs to get in the kingdom. If you don't know Jesus, <laughs> ask him in your heart today. It's a great thing to do. It's a good gift on Christmas. But a church growth visionary um, once said, and I'll try to remember the quote correctly, but it was, the old pattern of individuals working alone in their own isolated empires is being replaced by genuine teams and facilitators as leaders. And I don't know why guys, guys is a general term, Doc, people, you know, was that my pronouns correct? You know, I'm talking about he and she, the only two genders there is. Um, you know, one of the, one of those two. <laughs> but anyway, you know, every department in the church should function as a team. Every, I mean, when you get on the church, they should be a team, especially in the church. It doesn't matter what your work does or what your work calls a team in a group. We have to understand in the church what Jesus in the New Testament and the entire Bible was trying to work in us from the beginning of time for the purpose of pouring out his spirit on all flesh, hallelujah. And, and, and this means that the work collectively as a, as, as a group together, we work together as a group to accomplish our mission. And when I talk about the Antioch church, I'm just talking about the concept consisted of people who were from all over the world. And that's, that's whether you like the title or not, do you not think our churches should reach more than one person. Okay, then what's the matter with the Antioch concept? Anyway, don't get me started. I just, I'm tired of folks complaining about cancel culture, and they trying to cancel everything that threatens their lazy tails. Anyway. Wow. Now that, that statement you just made, you're talking about the cancel culture, but still we're trying to cancel with what it is that 
that uh, uh, we need to look at and where it is that we came from and, 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 and all of that. And one of the things that came to me as you were talking, we forget you were talking about my gift that we forget about submitting our gift to the purpose of the vision. And the Bible says submit the, submitting one to another. So when we submit this gift, I submit this gift. When I'm working with you, I submit this gift to you so that you can help to place it where it is that is more productive than it would be if I was doing it on my own. I just want to throw that in there. Doc Baker, let me tell you, there's two kinds of leaders right now on the field. And, and I was taught this way. So whenever I'm in someone else's environment, I always say to them, they'll ask me, is there anything that you're feeling to want to do? Like if they ask me beforehand, I tell them, here's the thing. If there's anything you want me to do, you just give me the command. And I'm here for you. If you want me to prophesy, you tell me. I want you to prophesy over these leaders. I mean, if you want me to just randomly, you tell me that's what, if you want me to stand up and prophesy over what I feel in the, if you can give me the command, I can accept the assignment and I have an apostolic grace. It's different if I just step up and do whatever. But some folk don't understand that about the apostolic. That's the power of being sent versus going. It's not just this thing about people leaving our church. See, and that's the fine, oh, Jesus, that's the fine line, the, the, the dichotomy, I guess you would say, in the body of Christ right now, because miracles happened off command, not suggestions, not playful, giddy, little sissy stuff, not games and gimmicks, manipulation with money and crap, none of them, my Lord Jesus, you, you feel me, Doc, am I? Can talk on that for just a minute, so I don't feel like I'm out here in left field on this one. No, it it it. What it is is this. Yeah, you 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 said it. So, by any kind of miracle, any kind of miracle happens yeah. on a command. It does not happen on a suggestion. It does yeah. not happen on a wimpy type thing. And one of the things that I've said, and I'll say it again, is that it's time that men, and I'm talking about male men also, become yeah. male men instead of sissies. We have we have them walking. We have people walking around. They get their little feelings hurt. They get this happen, and I'm going to pick up my little gift and I'm going to run. And what happens is this: we're placating to that. You know, it used to be a thing that they would say, "Build up your husband's ego," and God says, "I told you to bust that sucker. You don't build it up. I'm busting it." What you're trying to build up by giving all of this puff on the outside, I am trying to break it so that I can use it. That's the great. That's the grape. That's that ego. It needs to be in there. So it needs to be squashed. And what yeah. you're talking about right now is we need to, we, we, we need to suck it up and 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 and, and realize there's a purpose. It's, I am so over uh wimpy at, at any rate, just just go ahead on. You're you're what you're no, doing is good. good. Okay, that's beautiful. Cause I mean when I talk about that, see, here's the thing though. It sounds like domineering control when it's happening. I'm not talking about abusive, asking you to do anything that's unscriptural, unethical, or immoral. I'm not speaking of that at all. I'm speaking of telling somebody that's blind to see. So go ahead and argue with Jesus then, punk. Um, telling somebody that can't walk to get up. 
That makes no freaking sense. It's rude. It's socially unacceptable. It's it's t- definitely against. I mean, see, these are things that I think of when I see people trying to control language. <laughs> I'm thinking you in the background. There's a demonic narrative trying to destroy the ability to articulate the creative power of God in the earth and the church is continued to, all of this came in because we backed down. We backed down in our language. We backed down in our, and the problem is, is we see some, I'm just going to be honest, Jimmy Swaggart falls. And so we decide we're scared to preach now because he fell. Like, what does that have to do with it? I'm thinking, and I'm, I picked him, but I'm just saying he, he held our nation in a, in a straight and narrow, like folk were afraid. He'd talk about it, brother. He'd pray in tongues and everything. And I'm not exalting him. I'm not saying I liked him as the greatest person in the world or loved his personality or whatever. I didn't even follow his ministry that close, but I'm aware of what's going on. And if, and when something happened with another religion or they made progress or they were persecuting his brother, he took the airwaves and preached messages on Jesus and why, I mean, I don't know. I, I just felt like, you know, when I see people get hit like that too, I'm thinking, of course they got hit like that. I mean, brother, these dudes were wrecking balls. And I ain't talking about no chick on the side of top of a ball swing around. I'm talking about Jesus <laughs> wrecking. <laughs> you know, Jesus would never wreck anything. He said, look, you know, what's something about a rock falling on you and, uh, you know, you might as well go ahead and put yourself on a rock or I'm going to fall on you and you, and then you're going to crush and then you will. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, that's what he said. So I love this because as we get into this, we see that these people were matured to the fact that they could come from different backgrounds and different cultures. And, and it, I mean, different parts of the world. Some of these people that came together were rich. Some were poor, some had educated backgrounds, some was, whatever they say, dumb as a box of nails or whatever, extremely poor backgrounds. And the pattern reflected, it was a multicultural team that uh, the environment was this group that they weren't looking at all of this stuff. We talking about, we don't need to be talking about the Antioch church. Well, well, we ain't, ain't nobody but the same color in your church, homie. I mean, I love you and all, but you know, how are you going to say we don't need that stuff? And that's my point in this. Some of the things we're trying to go on. Hey, there's some of these guys that ain't made a call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in years in their churches. And you talking about, well, if we don't get the apostolic and prophetic working together up in the church, I'm thinking, brother, when's the last time you had a baptism service? Honestly, when's the last time? But you, I mean, we're talking about when you go back to kindergarten with you. Because, you know, you want to, well, I want to build an apostolic prophetic team. In my, I'm like, bro. I mean, and I'll have one elder. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I just love this. I'm so passionate about it. And I'm jealous of baby Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, this <laughs> the pattern in Antioch consists of the teams. You know, one a talent show. One of the things that is really interesting, we talked about, we don't want to talk about baby Jesus, but you know, one of the things is, if it wouldn't have been baby Jesus, it wouldn't have been big Jesus. 
I know. He had he, a, if he had never been born, he would never have gone, he would never have lived the life, he would never have gone to the cross, he would never have died, and he never would have risen, and he never would have ascended so that he could leave uh, gifts to man. So this is a thing. We know it's not December 25th, but this is a time. This is a season. This is a purpose, whatever it is. And that's why when the word of God says, don't let nobody condemn you about the day or, or the time or whatever it is that you do what you do. You choose your day. It don't matter whether it was the, the solstice or the this or whatever the heck it was. It was what it was. But you know, I'm looking at this thing and I'm glad for baby Jesus. I'm glad that Miriam decided she would take this thing. I'm glad that he came out. I'm glad that he was in them swaddling clothes. I'm glad about that. Because I'm glad about the other thing. Where would I be? Where would I be? Dun, 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 dun. Where would I be? Okay. Well, if it had not been. Now, anyway. It had to be that way because Jesus is a Theoclopus. He is Emmanuel, a miraculous conception, so that he can uh, magnify the life of a believer that comes forth into new life. So he had to grow in the wisdom and stature of the Lord with both God and man. And he had, to, he had to handle these things and grow and process them. He had to process the fact that he was God in the kid's body, schooling, schooling people in the temple, but still had to submit to Mary, knowing that he was God and everything else. But he also knew there was a time for everything, and he had to trust the Lord on that timing. Um, whether he knew the details of it or not, we don't know, but he knew it was coming because <laughs> he says he knew it was coming. So, he, you know, but he, we, we get the idea that he might not have known the details because even in the garden, he's saying, Lord, if, if it, if there is another way, like a little loophole over here, or maybe you had a, maybe you had another plan you wanted to present me with. Remember Abraham, like you kind of let him off when he got there. Like, can I get off too? Like. You got a goat I can throw up on that cross real quick at the, at the end, a ram in the thicket. I know we got to go, don't we, Doc? But sorry, I'm ready to go whenever you are. So, okay. So, what, what it is is this uh, are, are you going to, we're going to, next week, this is, uh, yeah. uh, uh, this is Christmas week, and we know that you're going to have Christmas in a couple of days, and we want to bless you on, uh, you know, uh, want you to have a glorious time and don't let nobody condemn you about Christmas. Don't let nobody try to stick you in no box. You shouldn't have a tree. You shouldn't have this. You shouldn't have this. Have whatever it is that you want to have in your house. I got all kinds of trees in here and I ain't worshiping not a one of them. So, you know, enjoy your time. Enjoy what it is. Enjoy however it is. Enjoy Hanukkah. Enjoy Christmas. Enjoy New Year's. Enjoy it all. Yeah. Have some of all of it, because uh, it, when he when you're walking in the kingdom, of God, who the son has made free is free in their deeds and their actions. Uh, am I saying something wrong here? Is that is that is that righteous? You know what? All the all the holidays were pagan holidays. The Catholic Church didn't join the pagan holidays. They made it into a spiritual holiday to try to trumpet. They were that's trumping it. It and that's taking it. over it and saying we're taking this back. And that's one of the things in teaching church history I've taught over the years and still people like they don't, they don't get it. And I'm like, no, no, they don't want to get it. They, they don't were, want to they, get it. You know, they were trying to make an action against it. Just mm -hmm. like Easter, same thing. They weren't embracing no bunnies and all that. 
They were trying to trump the pagan practices. That's it. Oh, my God. We really are out of time. This is Apostle Baker, Jay Baker, and Apostle Barry Cook telling you thank you, thank you. Have a great Christmas. And we'll see you next next uh, week before New Year's. So he has a great New Year's message. So bye-bye so that you can be new in whatever 